Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. You just have to, you know, just as I hit record, you got to spin it, some balls. God damn it, Murph. Yo, what up, Rush Nation? It's Tuesday. It's me and Murph. It's not the Tuesday takeover because the takeover squad have abandoned us, so we brought back the mothership. They're going to be in your ears tomorrow. Blame Ash. He was at a funeral, so sympathies, my friend. And uh, yeah, you'll get the Wednesday, Tuesday on a Wednesday, and the Wednesday on a Tuesday, and we're back, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, they're basically like France. They don't really take over anything. They just kind of exist and wave the white flag. That's tough, man. They've, they've... Ash is a new... Ash, 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 Ash. Let's just ash, keep ash. going with that. He hasn't even done a Tuesday takeaway yet, and he's getting shade. Like like France, they haven't invaded anyone. They just wave the white flag. That's fine. I mean, Ash is like France. That's that's the comparison I'm making. I'm sticking to it. Or they like the Chargers coming to London. Well, not coming to London. Ah, oh. who would you rather it came to London, the Chargers or the Jags? I don't care. No, but if you had to, you had to pick one right now. Well, right now, as the rosters are constructed, the Chargers because they'd be slightly more fun. Yeah, no, I agree. But. Doesn't matter because by the time they get here and it's planned, all the team, all the players that are on those teams, let's say they said 
today, which they obviously weren't, which we made quite clear, um, that they were coming over and they'd be here in five years' time. How many of those players would still be on the roster in five years' time? None. Right. Well, there'd be a few, three or four, but not many. So yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel you. I feel you. I just think like it, it, it does. Like I just wanted to be an AFC team. If, if we were to get a franchise, I'm not totally against the idea of getting a franchise. I just would rather have more games than a franchise. But I wouldn't be anti it. Um, I'd still go support team. I just would prefer it's an AFC team because then I don't have to conflict with do I want them to win or lose depending on what situation the Bucks are in in case they ever get better. <laughs> I love how you sort of just abandoned the sentence halfway through and then, yeah. yeah no, I owned it. That's Would, uh, I presume you'd still support the Bucks if... Oh, yeah. I've been 19 years the Bucks. I'm a, yeah, no, no, it's just... I'm a Buccaneers supporter through and through. <laughs> like, I would, I'd have London team merch and they'd be my, like, my second team. But if it ever came to the fact that it was the Buccaneers versus the London team, I'd be rooting the Bucks. Yeah, that's fair. There'd be no, no switching of allegiances, but there's nothing wrong with having... I always pick a different AFC team every year that I tend to like root for and follow just, just to give me some sort of interest in the AFC because otherwise yeah. I could probably do without the AFC and just have the NFC as a standalone division. It's, it's like the difference between the Premier League and the conference. <laughs> like non-league that's kind of the level with the exception of the Patriots you've got one really good team that would get or actually the Scottish Premier so it's like the Premier League and the Scottish Premier League so like the Patriots are like the Celtic and they'd probably do alright in the Premier League you've just compared the Patriots to Celtic <laughs> yeah but it is but Celtic haven't won anything apart from the absolute pony league they're in but, yeah alright but that's only because they don't have an opportunity to no, they wouldn't win the Premier League. They'd get trodden on every week. Yeah, mate, they might do. I, they, I'm Listen, the Patriots would step into the Premier League and win it every year like they have done in the NFL. Look, I'm just saying that if you put the Patriots in the NFC, I'm not convinced they would have as many Super Bowl rings as they do. Okay, I see what you're saying. Because they'd have to face tougher competition week in, week out. So they'd lose games that they currently... I mean, they're 8-1 they're now. They lose at the weekend to a very good... Uh, team in in the Ravens, but they've had a pretty cushy ride. It's been a cakewalk. Yeah, and like you look at, like in the NFC, if you're in an NFC only, the only games in the NFC that are cakewalks are the Redskins, the Giants, especially if there's a black cat around. And <laughs> meow. I just meowed on the podcast. The Falcons, because even the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers are two and six. But they're still putting that fight. They're still scoring thirty-one points a game. Like you, you're going to have to beat them, and like teams are beating them. But you've still got to actually go out there and beat them. Like it's not like they're going to put up nine points like the like the Redskins um, under under Bill Callahan. That's what I mean. I just think it's it's tough. You play all those teams. It's bruising. That's why the NFC struggles every year. It's like the Patriots play like. It's like preseason. Like the season starts for them in January. I've just realised you and I have now compared the Patriots to two absolutely different things, and we'll probably get shade for it. I compared them to a sweet shop, and you've compared them to Celtic Football Club. So, but I meant more in the context. Like they're much better than Celtic. <laughs> I just meant the fact they don't actually face any competition. All right, let's compare them to Bayern Munich. Okay. No, because actually Bayern Munich aren't even leading their division. PSG. 
Mm, Barcelona? Yeah, no, PSG's a good one because they always win it and there's nobody else there. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah, so they're basically like, or even Barcelona and then KFC. Uh, KFC. KFC. <laughs> We've now we've now brought a food branch into the conversation. So is KFC Kansas City are like Real Madrid, only without the European success. They're like the league form. This is getting and out of hand. The Patriots are like Barcelona. But is KFC the best takeaway? Ooh, debatable. Haven't had a KFC for ages. Yeah, no, me either. I always want to go in when they got them like red hot bites and stuff. The only trouble is my wife's a vegetarian and they do nothing but coleslaw and corn on the cob, so she doesn't really want to go there for a meal. But KFC, if you were listening, get a vegetarian burger on your menu. Why? Why? Because then I can go to KFC. But why do you have to go to KFC? Why do you? Why the KFC, a chicken shop by name, have to have a vegetarian? Item? No, they don't. I'm just saying, if they did, they'd get more money from me. I think they're doing all right. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that. You know, they're still knocking about. So yeah. My friend's dad has like 21 franchises. Well, speak to your friend's dad and say, well, listen, he's a Bill. franchisee. Exactly. His name's Simon. He's coming back from the World Cup. All right, Simon. Token. Get a veggie burger. But then it wouldn't be KFC. I'm not saying the whole menu has to be Kentucky Fried Veg. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's Kentucky Fried Chicken and a veggie burger. Exactly. There you go. There's the song. Somebody <laughs> make a rap of that and send Kentucky it to Kentucky Fried Chicken and a veggie burger. doesn't work. No. I'm pretty sure it just worked, Murph. No. <laughs> it doesn't worked. work. You just have to have... You know, sometimes you've just got to stick your hand up and say no. It's too much of this... Too much of this vegetarian... I'm not I'm saying that you need to have like, it. It's fine. Like, if that's what you want to do, hats off to you. But if it's a KFC, a chicken shop, and it's in the title, leave it as a chicken shop. So, what do you feel about Burger King doing, like, halloumi burgers? That's, well, that because net? that's a burger. That's the difference. It's not saying, it's not beef Burger King. It's a Burger King. If you could put a veggie burger in a burger, that's fine. But you can't have, it's like, it's like what really annoys me is when you get chickenless chicken. And that's how it's packaged and advertised. Because they can't think of a better name. Well, like it's a comparison. That's the thing. No, no, no I'm not saying it's the same thing at all. Because I've had it and it is god awful. But that's what they're comparing it to. So if you want to make a a chicken tikka masala with corn chicken, but that's fine. Just, but don't call it chicken. Just say corn. It doesn't need to be corn chicken. It's not chicken. It's no, corn. I, I know it's not chicken. Or soy protein. I make a decent name out of it. But it's not. You can't say, oh, corn beef. Like, as in Q-U-O-R-N. <laughs> corn beef. Or corn chicken. No, it's not beef. It's not chicken. Just own up for what it is. It's vegetarian substitute. And that's fine. You want to do that? Like, crack on. Yeah. But... No, I'm, I'm. this has gone down a rabbit hole. Why don't you have... Why don't you get a KFC and then pick up your wife a veggie burger on the way back? Yeah, I could do. I mean, for those of you that live anywhere near me, that means no, no that means stopping in Rose Hill. And if I do stop in Rose Hill... I'm not sure I'll get back out. True. Exactly. So I don't want to park my truck up in Rose Hill and have somebody steal my truck and get beaten up in KFC. That's fair too. I mean, I've got a face for radio, but it it doesn't need anybody to be made any worse. Let's <laughs> uh, roll on the video shows. Yes. We should do some news, Murph. We should. We should start with sad news, and that's that Nick Foles has been named the starter for Week 11 for the Jags. Why is that sad news? Because I think Minshew's done enough to... to be the starter alright he was absolutely terrible on Sunday but that was under London lights no moustache is going to save you in our Scott Fishbowl team Aaron Rodgers goes on by and we do we have Nick Foles so we have Nick Foles okay don't you worry Minshew turn up (laughs) 
Don't need you anymore. So where we didn't have a quarterback to play in week 11, we now do. Yay, St. Nick. Welcome back, brother. <laughs> oh, man. This next one is an absolute farce. So the New York Giants held a six-point lead on arch-rivals Cowboys on Monday night until a black cat scampered onto their home turf and bought an offensive omen that resulted in an absolute blowout. Yeah. How has the cat got more coverage than the game? To be fair, the cat ran more yards than Saquon Barkley. Yep, he did. (laughs) Have you seen? I sent it to you. I don't know if you've seen it yet. But this is where I love Twitter. Twitter is an unbelievable tool where somebody has created uh, the cat, the football life. (laughs) (laughs) Who's got time for this? It's brilliant. It's so good. I'm going to tweet it out after the show. It's incredible. No, no, just no. It's why Twitter is so good. I can't disagree with that. It's amazing. It's such good watching. It's 50 seconds long. It's great. So, yes. Uh, I mean, big up the Giants. I mean, there's there's ways to lose football games, but a black cat blaming it. <laughs> like, fair. Um, I mean, the, listen, the cat was rapid, man. It was quick. Most cats are. I mean, to be fair, the cat was probably the star of the night for the, for the Giants. That's not good. Let's talk somebody. Let's talk about somebody who's not going to be a star for the next four weeks, and that's Dolphins running back Mark Walton. He's been suspended for four games, violating the NFL's substance abuse policy. Fire up your Kalen Bellage. God. Nope. Okay. I mean, yeah. Um, why not? Kalen uh, Bellage excites me as much as a vegetarian burger. <laughs> oh, there's a Twitter poll. Which one excites you more, Kalen Bellage or a veggie burger? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to put a C option for neither. No, you can't. Why? It's one or t'other. But both ex- both excite me exactly the same amount. No. I.e. not at all. Well, you wait till my wife hears about this. She's yeah. going to make you a veggie burger that will excite you slightly more than playing Caelan Ballard next week when you've got a load of people on. Oh, he's a sick candidate. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. I'm excited <laughs> for that bit. <laughs> Ah, poor old Jacoby Brissett suffered a left MCL sprain in Sunday's loss to the Steelers, but the Colts are optimistic that Brissett can play against the Dolphins on Sunday. I'm not a doctor, but why? Brian Hoyer's fine. He's fine for a week. Just play Brian Hoyer. Against the Dolphins, yes. Yeah, I mean, like, basically anyone but Sam Darnold can beat the Dolphins. Mm, Yeah. That was more of an Adam Gase thing. (laughs) That was more of an Adam Gase thing. Did you see afterwards that and I tweeted this out, that there's a video of Sam Darnold after that game talking about how great it is to work with Adam Gaze. And I basically said, it's like one of those terrorism videos or like <laughs> where someone's been held hostage and they're giving you like the Morse code, like keywords through like the blinking of the eye or just saying like the, the come and get me. I'm being held against my will, uh, like phrases. That is what Sam Darnold is doing. Someone needs to free Sam Darnold. <laughs> Because he's too good to play for Adam Gase. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is tearing up the NFL at the moment. <laughs> and he played under Gase. Matt Moore, another one. These are all players, all quarterbacks stifled that have managed to beat the oppressive regime of Adam Gase <laughs> and, <laughs> and have come out to thrive again. Matt Moore almost didn't come back into the NFL. He was like semi-retired. He's like, I can't. I can't put myself through it. Gase has ruined and then, me. And then Adam... And then um, Andy... Andy Reid phones him up, and Andy Reid says, look, it's okay. Not all coaches are as bad as Adam Gaze. 
I promise you, look, I've got a 20-year experience record of being one of the best offensive minds the game has ever had. Come play for me. You'll be behind Patrick Mahomes, but you might get some games. He's like, yeah, cool, I'll take an easy paycheck. And he's had to come out and play some games. He looks like he's having fun. Do you know what Sam Donald should have done in his press interview? Come out as a ghost? That would have been brilliant. And then with Ghostbusters? No, what he should have done is come out as a ghost and then given the emergency arm signal from Team America. Yeah! Just sat there as a ghost. You can't see me because this is a podcast, but my arms are going sideways. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go, go and watch Team, Team America. America. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that would have been superb. So Djax came back this week. Did he play much? Did he play at all? He played a little bit in the first quarter and came out and said something doesn't feel right. And it was so not right that he's going to undergo surgery to repair a core muscle injury... And that was today, and that's per Rappaport. So Djax is done for the season. Yeah, I think they need to go and get somebody f- to go over the top because they've been missing that, the Eagles. Djax offered loads the first couple of weeks, then got injured, and they've not had it since. So expect them to pick somebody up from free agency, I think. No, definitely. Um, yeah, I think, well, I don't know how much is out there in free agency. I mean, but here's what's crazy. Why didn't they just go and get Josh Gordon last week? Yeah, I know. By the way, that might be one of the funniest slash exciting things to have happened this season. Josh Gordon gets released. Statement comes out. Josh Josh Gordon has been claimed. And then it's all of a sudden, all these beat writers are going, the Dolphins haven't claimed Josh Gordon. The Jets haven't claimed Josh Gordon. And it was just all the teams that haven't claimed him. And it was like trying to put together... Or maybe it's the Bills. Maybe it's the Eagles. Oh, oh, it's the Seahawks. That was great. For like 90 minutes, we were just messaging backwards and forwards. It's not this team, is it? This team, is it? This team. Brilliant. It should be more work like that. Fair play to whoever decided to withhold that information for quite a bit. And then the Seahawks let it out. Like, that was awesome. Yeah, they blew Twitter up. Oh, got uh, some breaking news. Oh, my phone's not lit up, so tell me. It's not like massively exciting. So, the Chargers... There's a report that came out uh, from The Athletic from somebody who quoted somebody's mother's stepdaughter's uncle's next door's neighbor's cousin that a source said that the charges would be open to moving to London per some hidden NFL source that wouldn't be named. I, you know, someone posted it on Facebook in one of the NFL groups. I responded to it by saying it was a load of nonsense and it's a non-story. Um, everyone, some people were like, oh, there's no way it's going to happen. Some people were like, it's going to happen. It's amazing. Everyone got really excited, like the London Chargers. There was a full quote from their Chargers owner, Dean Spanos. It's total beep, beep. <laughs> okay. Or effing B. Okay. We're not going to London. We're not going anywhere. We're playing in LA. This is our home. This is where I'm planning to be for a long effing time, period. <laughs> that means they're coming to London, everybody. I mean, that is like, <laughs> just in case anyone was relatively unclear about whether or not they were moving, they're not leaving. Yeah. I mean, this is what happens. This is what I, I do get annoyed with journalism sometimes. I don't find it in the NFL as much as I do in the Premier League, where some random BS... Nobody. Nobody cites that some player is on the radar 
of a Premier League club like Arsenal or Man City, and all of a sudden it becomes like a big news story that every publication then quotes this stupid source from the middle of nowhere that no one's ever heard of and no one's ever verified, and all this storm happens that like, oh, so-and-so's coming to the Premier League because some random person we never heard of next-door neighbours, mum's cousin's son has said that they're coming, and like, it's definitely happening, and oh, oh, no, definitely Neymar, he's... he's he, he's coming to Plymouth because he's like the caretaker's picture or something like that. <laughs> it's just like, come on. We got to the age now where we have forgotten what actual journalism is. Like, use common sense. If it's not willing to name who the sources are with direct quotes, it's probably rubbish. And in that story, it, I mean, it was so bad. Will Brinson, I love Will Brinson, by the way. Will Brinson then basically cited this guy's source, who then cited someone else's source, who then cited someone else's source. I was like, we're like five sources removed from the actual story. It could be that they were talking about window dressings, and this has just somehow come up in a game <laughs> of bad Chinese whispers. Window dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't mean to get on the soapbox, but my word, like, I'm not surprised that the Chargers aren't moving. No, me either. I mean, but then somebody's nan's brother's cat's milkman, somebody's paperboy said so. So it's got to be gospel. Oh, Panthers QB Kyle Allen will start for the seventh consecutive game Sunday against the Packers as Cam Newton has been placed on the IR and is done for the season. There's no surprise there, really. No. Um, I guess the only surprise was that they've done it now, but yeah, no, absolutely not. Like fair play to to them to getting it done. Now they know they need to to fix it, and I think with Cam, I think it's a case of just getting healthy and seeing if he can have a career in the NFL. I mean, this is the second season he's ended on IR. I think the third in four years now he's ended on IR. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens now for Carl Allen for the rest of the season. Absolutely. So the Falcons are changing things up after their 1-7 and seven start to the season. Coach Dan Quinn has announced that he's shuffling the coaching staff around. Former Buccaneers head coach Raheem Morris will go from wide receivers coach to secondary coach. Dave Brock moves from running backs coach to wide receiver coach. Bernie Parmalee will become the running back coach after serving as an offensive assistant and an assistant special teams coach. I'm not sure this is enough to save Dan Quinn. Uh, first of all, whenever a coaching staff restruffles, that's normally the beginning of the end. Or like normally when a coordinator then loses staff, which he did last season. He lost his offensive and defensive coordinator, then they brought people in. Also, anybody that has ever seen Raheem Morris coach like I have knows that he knows absolutely nothing about wide receivers. So why he was a wide receiver coach to begin with is just poor. And now you're going to make him a secondary coach. He's not a terrible defensive mind but <laughs> he's not amazing either i i just think you've moved the running backs coach to be the wide receiver coach the wide receiver coach who's defensive minded i didn't even know he was the wide receiver coach to secondary coach you finally put him in maybe a right position and then you've moved someone who was like some assistant to be a running backs coach like it all of that just sounds chaotic it just sounds me- like why Oh, I don't know. It's just crazy. The only thing I, I do know is that if Julio Jones is available in your league, pick him up because this is an upturn. Yeah, I mean, you can put him on the waiver wire article because I'm sure like he's available in like 3% of leagues. So just check because if you're in one of those leagues, he'll be out there. Yeah, definitely check, but he won't be. 
No, I mean, I mean, this probably means absolutely nothing for the Falcons' fantasy pieces. Absolutely nothing. It, it means nothing for... It, nothing has changed. It's just a case of they can go out there and play with quote-unquote freedom of not having to worry about playoffs and whatever. Yes. Come on, Julio. Let's have it. So the Browns have waived safety Jermaine Whitehead. The team announced yesterday this comes after Whitehead posted threatening messages on social media following the team's loss. I think Whitehead just lost his head and was abusing fans and all sorts, calling them out. I think he even put his address on Twitter for people to go to his house to have a fight with them. I mean, that part was bad. It was using it when he started saying he was going to shoot people. That was a bit where it was got really uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it was just nuts. Um, yeah, you can't have that. My issue is with with the Browns, and this comes on to the the next piece, which I guess we should talk about. Um, they not the next, well. There's a couple of it. Let's do all the Browns news, and we can talk about the Browns as as one. So they obviously went to two and six. They lost to your beloved Denver Broncos. Vic Fangio out coaching uh, Freddie Kitchens. Uh, Freddie Kitchens says that the calls uh, the calls for him to potentially lose his job don't bother him, which I think is just weird. Like that's such a weird turn of phrase. Saying like I'm, you know, saying like what will be will be. I'm focused on doing the best job, whatever. Saying it doesn't bother you. Like basically, people are telling you that you're so bad at your job, you should be sacked. That would bother anybody. Like, don't try and put the macho-ness on it. Or, if you're genuinely not bothered, you're in the wrong job. I don't care if I lose my job. Like, it just doesn't send a good message. And then you got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. They had to change their cleats during Sunday's loss to the Broncos. I sent this over to you, didn't I? Um, with Landry confirming after the game that they were told by the league that if they didn't change their cleats, they would uh, not be allowed to play in the second half because they both wore clown cleats. Uh, Odell's was more like the Joker sort of clown, and then Landry's had like weird frilly bits that came out like tongue sort of things that were orange. It was very very bizarre. Yeah, OBJ's ones were horrendous. But was that because they weren't league? Because you could do anything to your cleat, right? Yeah, so they weren't league compliant. So you got to be careful. Like they have to be. Basically, it's to do with like the sponsors, and you got to have like the sponsors' logo showing and. Oh, right, okay. Like a certain percentage of it, it's got to be something that's like resembled what people buy in the shop kind of thing, and uh, all those sorts of things. But it just shows that there's no control. There's no, there's no one telling the team, "Hey guys, look, everyone talked about us being playoff potentials, and we're two and six. You know, you've got players basically doing what the heck they want. You've got one guy on Twitter basically saying he's going to shoot fans up. You've got another one." Or another two, basically just, you know, wearing watches or... It just doesn't look good. Like, it just looks like they don't care. And there's no pride in the sh- in the in the team. And and then you've got the coach saying he doesn't care if he loses... Like, it doesn't bother him that people say he should leave his job. Like, it's just weird. It just... It's so, so weird. I think Chaotic was a good one. There was a good yeah. picture. I mean, this doesn't mean anything nearly as much, but... <clears throat> There was a good picture somebody took from either a drone above the stadium or up in the tiers of the sidelines against the Patriots. So the Browns were on one side and the Patriots on the other, obviously. And the Patriots players and coaches were all in in lines or sat on the benches and doing their things. But it all looked very organised, proper, no chaos. And then on the other side of the pitch, the Browns players and coaching staff were just absolutely everywhere on their sideline. There was no, I want to say formation, but that's not the, the... 
organization. Organization, yeah. There was none of that whatsoever. And I think you can see that now leaching into the team as a whole. And it's I'm not it's not the right thing at all, like you said. Something's wrong. Yeah, it it just looks like there's just there's no real leadership, there's no structure and um there has to be a change there. Um I'm not one that actively calls for, for coaches to lose their jobs. I don't think there's many coaches in the NFL right now I'd say are doing particularly like terrible jobs. Dan Quinn I think has been on borrowed time, unfortunately, since the Super Bowl loss and his time probably looks like it's coming to an end. I don't think necessarily he deserves it because he's been to a Super Bowl in the last three years, but at the end of the day they've gone from Super Bowl to one and seven in, in a couple of years. So something is clearly wrong. Um you got Brian Flores who absolutely should not lose his job, who's fighting and hustling every week. But you've got certain coaches like Adam Gaze and, and, and Freddie Kitchens, you have to look at that and think, are they really doing one, the best that they can do, and two, are they really doing anything to take their team going going forward? And I'd have to say in both instances, I don't think it's it's a relationship that's gonna last too long. And no. it's a shame, but I like Freddie Kitchens, he seems like a nice guy, but I think he's just a little bit uh, out of his depth and the fans are calling for his head now so I don't think he's going to last uh, I think he's a, a real strong one and done candidate a bit like Adam Gaze really I think he's there next season oh man sorry I don't know why Jets fans must be absolutely hating this right now oh absolutely I mean they they lose 28-16 or 26-18 to the winless Miami Dolphins and then someone actually asked if losing to a tanking team was embarrassing and he replied back and went, this is the NFL. It's not effing embarrassing. He got really irate at the suggestion. So he said, uh, I'm not embarrassed by that. This is the NFL. We're playing the best of the best. And that's true to a degree. And I kind of get the, the the philosophy of that. And I've always thought that the Dolphins aren't as bad as people think they are. Um, I've always thought they've got a win or two in them. It's just whether or not they actively go for it and they did look like they wanted it especially someone like ryan fitzpatrick at the wheel he can always do something but regardless of how you think of it there are plenty of jets fans that are embarrassed enough for adam gaze and just about everyone with the with the performance that was put in and there's something again that's not right you i mean the the worst thing they've done is they've traded they tried to trade their two big assets in jamal adams and uh levy on bell they clearly now have Jamal Adams never wanted to be traded. He made it very clear he wanted to stay. And then he hears that people, that the Jets are taking trade offers for him. And he's now done. He's done with the franchise. He wants to go from someone who wanted to stay. Le'Veon Bell openly admitted that he didn't think people could take his salary on. And that was the reason he didn't go. But he doesn't really want to be there. And Adam Gaze never wanted him, to be fair. He was signed by a GM who then got sacked for bringing him in. So it's very clear that... It's just not going to... It's not going to wash. No, it's not. Talking of the Jets game, so after weeks of blowout losses, the Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores, got his first career win on Sunday, and then Flores said the post-victory celebration is a moment he'll never forget. No, I'm pleased for him. I really like Brian, Brian Flores. Through, through all of this, he's really shown some class. Um, because I think everyone suggested that... And even we, we've had a bit of a joke at it, that he was deliberately losing games with play calling. And I, I, I don't think he was. I think, you know, he's he's trying to be aggressive. He's trying to do things. And uh, he's trying to deal with the what is the worst roster in the NFL. Because it's all been traded away. And 
credit to him, credit to the players that everyone sits there and say they're just going to go 0-16. And they've shown some fight in recent weeks, and I'm pleased for for him, and I hope that he does keep the job next year, and I hope he's given the time and the backing to to do a good job. I'm not saying that Brian Flores is potentially a Super Bowl winning head coach, but the one thing I think he's done when the team is actively, what well, is seen to be actively tanking, is that he's put enough pride in the players that are left and said, come on guys, we can do this. And they were just as happy for him to win as he was. And that shows to me that there is a togetherness there. The players went and got the Gatorade bath and soaked him in it. And they seemed to be on the sideline, that organization at Camaraderie. Theirs is a talent problem, not an attitude problem. Mm -hmm. And I think for Dolphin fans listening to this, you might be a bit unhappy they've won. The the one seed is potentially out of their hands. We'll see what happens. But I think you can take great comfort that you've got a coach that even though the team has been poor and is losing every week, there's still that togetherness, that that cohesiveness that you wouldn't see in this scenario. And I think that's whatever happens, whether you get the one pick, you don't get the one pick, be really excited about what might happen over the next two years because I've never seen a group of players be so happy for a coach in this sort of scenario and situation that I, that I saw on Sunday. And congratulations to Brian Flores because any win in the NFL is, is precious and to get your first is, is important. For sure. So Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers says Sunday's 26-11 loss to the LA Chargers is a good slice of humble pie for Green Bay. I don't think this derails them too much. No, it's just a bad day at the office. They, they didn't play well. Um, I think the one thing for Aaron Rodgers for me is he's still got that little bit of a petulant child in him. Um, he was sort of that passive-aggressive calling players out i don't think players prepared right i don't think players with the right mindset for the game blah 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 blah. in his post-conference like i kind of am done with aaron Rodgers talking about other players like i just think yes your job do that in the locker room call people out do what you got to do i'm fine with that you're you're wearing the c on your chest you've been given that by the players and the coaching staff you want to go call people out behind closed doors crack on sending passive aggressive messages in the in the press and not talking really about your own performance i don't think is good enough that's not leadership to me that's deflecting he didn't admit to playing well but i would like to see aaron Rodgers as a guy turn up at a podium and say do you know what i had a really bad game today or i didn't execute the plan i didn't do what the coaching staff told me to do i need to get better at doing this and believe that because we all know he's great we all know he's a hall of fame quarterback but i didn't like the way that he came across in his post-match interview i think um he needs to show a little bit more humility for me yeah i I think that's a fair point i think you need to be the man to take it on your shoulders and say look this is like you said my bad and and we'll move on as a team and but he doesn't appear to be doing that yeah, definitely. So, Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard is back in the league's concussion protocol. He missed Monday's game against the Dallas Cowboys. This is not good for Shep Dog. I don't really know what's happening because he was out of the league concussion protocol. Do you so think... I don't understand how you can leave the protocol and then be back in two days later. I think he fell out of bed, hit his head. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to, have to move back together again. Uh, there are certain wide receivers now. I mean, him, he is one and Brandon Cooks is another, but... I'm severely worried whether they're going to get much playing time this season because they're both on multiple concussions for the season and multiple con- concussions over the last four or five years. 
I think there has to be a point now where the league turns around and says, look, you've, you've reached your quota for the season, that's you done for this year. I, I, I completely agree. I think you, you can't be messing with people now with the, the CTE and everything that's going on. I think you're right. I think if you if you were in for a second concussion in the same season, that should be... You should either go on to like IR, and then if you make it back from IR, then that's fine. Or you miss out, like, say, six games or something. Whatever it is. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to sit here and say the league should... But they should look at... If you're on your second concussion of the season, you should probably not be playing for a good period of time. Yeah, massively agree with that. Yeah. And then finally, Murph, over to you in the this week's Nagy's Obvious Corner. <laughs> I love this. I've now got to the point where I've actually started actively watching all of Matt Nagy's press conferences. So he was asked about... He was asked about the nine net yards in the first half, and he answered with, it was really, really sloppy. Well, yeah, nine, nine net yards in the first half will, will, yeah, I mean, sloppy's a word. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really, really sloppy. Really, really sloppy. <laughs> like, he hesitated and he didn't know where to go with it. To be fair, he was far more positive in this um, press conference than he was in the previous two, where he absolutely lost his rag. Uh, he came in and was a lot more, like, positive. Like, I don't. Maybe he's just accepted the fact that... Maybe it's like a monkey off your back. You know you're probably not going to make the playoffs. And you're like, meh, whatever. We'll just see out the rest of the year. He's a bit more like jovial. Or maybe he didn't know he was doing it. He listened to our podcast and heard that we were doing it. And then thought, I need to like wind my neck in a little here. <laughs> you never know. We might be Matt Nagy's commute pod. So, Mr. Nagy, if you are listening. It's all in jest. We love you. Coach of the year and all that. But, yeah, I just... Uh, Coach of the year. <laughs> it, well, it was last year. Yeah, but this is sloppy, really sloppy. Really, really sloppy. Yeah, so this is uh, tune in next week for Matt Nagy's obvious corner and let's see what he puts together. Because by the end of the season, I think we'll have a nice little, good amount of sound bites that we can form as an intro or whatever to Matt Nagy's obvious corner. Uh, there's definitely yeah something something's happening. So Rush Nation, last couple of weeks we've been putting out an injury report. It's always gone out at some point, but tomorrow it's going out. In the morning-ish, Murph. 7am. 7am tomorrow morning, Rush Nation. So check out the website. It's uk. as if you don't know already. But for those new listeners, we like to point it out. Murph, here we go again. Yeah. It's your injuries. Patrick Mahomes is questionable this week with that right patella dislocation. I, I lean towards maybe him uh, coming in this week. Uh, Cam Newton is done for the season. Matt Ryan is probably good to go this week after that high ankle sprain and having the week off. Jacoby Brissett's report said he is uh, more than likely going to start. I'm not so sure. Just keep an eye on that one. Keep an eye on Brian Hoyer as well. He might be someone worth picking up this week. Uh, Case Keenum's coming back from a concussion, but he's on bye this week. Uh, should see Alvin Kamara this week after his right high ankle sprain and his left MCL sprain. Uh, he should be good to go. James Conner is doubtful again this week with that high AC sprain. Uh, right AC sprain, sorry. Uh, Betty Snell is definitely out this week after that. Uh, Orthoscopic knee surgery. David Johnson is questionable. Again, probably lean towards him potentially being out with that left ankle injury. Uh, Chase Edmonds is definitely out after that left hamstring strain. Levian Bell had some an MRI yep. potentially on the knee, second one of the season, and then they've just brought in Josh Adams. So all signs point towards Levian Bell potentially not being available this week. Keep an eye. He is left Bell. He is superhuman. He doesn't have a huge injury history but the fact that they've activated Josh Adams from the practice squad says to me there's more going on with that than uh, has been disclosed and no doubt we'll get some information soon Malcolm Owen is questionable this week with that ankle injury I don't think it really matters I think he's lost his place as the 
uh, handcuff to Darrell Henderson. Chris Thompson is on bye this week. Uh, he's still recovering from a toe injury. Ito Smith is questionable this week. He's been in concussion protocol for a few weeks now. And Kareem Hunt is probable to play this week. He's been dealing with uh, abdominal muscle repair and also a uh, eight-game suspension. We'll see what kind of role he has. Um, he's someone I probably wouldn't start this week unless you're absolutely desperate. But he's someone to keep an eye on the usage. Um after all, Freddie Kitchens has said that he's going to get some work, but as we've seen, Freddie Kitchens control and who knows what happens. Uh, Adam Phelan with his hamstring re-injuring that and going out after like three plays on Sunday. One catch, one target. Uh, is uh, out. Um, T.Y. Hilton is going to be out for the next few weeks oh, with a calf strain. I'll just put him in my starting lineup in fan tracks. <laughs> He's out for the next like three weeks. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Paris Campbell is out with a hand fracture f- uh, fixation, so definitely jump on your Zach Pascals in your waiver ads. He should be your number one priority. AJ Green is questionable uh, with a left ankle injury. He'll play. He seems to think he's good to go. I think any guy that's missed 10 weeks, I'd be very cautious as to what actually happens. Didi Westbrook's on bye this week, so he won't play, obviously. <laughs> um, Sterling Shepard has got a concussion. He's definitely out for week 10. Preston Williams has got a torn ACL. Uh, he is out till 2020. Real shame Shocking. for the undrafted rookie who's had a really uh, sort of decent few weeks. He went in the waiver wire ads on Monday. Um, didn't think the injury was overly serious, and then that comes out, and obviously, so don't add him. Doctor. <laughs> definitely don't add Preston Williams unless you're in Dynasty League. Then definitely add him. Sean Jackson uh, is questionable to return in 2019, as we said, with that core muscle strain. Brandon Cooks is on concussion; he's doubtful for this week. Will follow the hamstring strains on bye this week. Tracon Smith has got a left ankle sprain; he is questionable this week. I don't really think he's going to go either. I don't think they're going to risk him against the Falcons. Um, George Kittle's suffering from some knee and ankle soreness, but he's probably going to go this week. Jared Cook should probably go with an ankle injury. He's had a week to come back from bye. Delaney Walker's got an ankle injury. He's questionable, but he's questionable most weeks and never plays. So take that as you will. OJ Howard has been declared good to go. He's still listed as probable, but I'd expect him to come off the injury list uh, today or tomorrow with a hamstring injury. I would expect him to go. But another Tampa tight end I don't expect will play much at the weekend. His rib injury... uh, Hurting is uh, Cameron Brait, so I wouldn't expect him to go this week, but keep an eye on that. Matt Lacoste is on bye. He's got a knee injury. Chris Herndon's had a questionable with a hamstring strain. We'll see what happens, uh, whether he goes this week. And then Vernon Davis is still in the concussion protocol, as is Jordan Reed. <laughs> Those two have been in concussion protocol together for quite a while now. And Jeff Wayman with a knee injury is also on bye. Boom, there's your injuries. The report will be out tomorrow, so that list will be up 7 for you. 7am tomorrow morning, that list will be available for you to go and peruse just to double-check any names you may or may not have heard in that tornado of vocabulary that Murph just spat down the microphone. Definitely, but just in all cases, just don't forget to uh, keep an eye on um, the injury reports with beat writers and everything. Uh, things get added all the time, so uh, yeah, keep, keep an eye on that. It's time for some start-sits, Murph. Uh, yes, starts it this week. Let's start with some starts. Let's start at the quarterback, Kyler Murray and Drew Brees. Murray takes on the Buccaneers, fire those cannons, and Drew Brees is at the Falcons. Yeah, so both of these are prime matchups for both quarterbacks. Uh, both the Tampa Bay defense and the Atlanta Falcons defense have given up uh, 19 touchdowns for, for the season. 
The Buccaneers have given up nearly 2,500 yards. Atlanta have given up over 2,000 yards themselves in passing. Um, also, these two teams have given up some uh, rushing TDs. Atlanta three, which Drew Brees doesn't get many unless he sneaks. But Jameis Winston um, might potentially get... Um, sorry, Kyler Murray we know has wheels. Tampa have given up a couple of rushing TDs to quarterbacks. It's something they can d- give uh, away. Both these defenses uh, are giving away... 23.5 and then Tampa Bay 23.4 uh, average points per game to quarterbacks so very very good matchups uh, expect both to potentially be in the QB1 conversation this week you should feel comfortable starting both um, shouldn't the only slight concern might be with Kyler Murray and interceptions but with Drew Brees no not really uh, Atlanta have only had two interceptions on the year so feel comfortable starting them should have decent performances Nice. Let's move on to running back. So we've got Devin Singletary versus the Browns and my boy Mark Ingram versus the Bengals. Love these guys. Yeah, I mean, Devin Singletary is picking up more and more work. I, I think you're getting to the point now where it's nearly the end of Frank Gore uh, in Buffalo. Um, everyone's sitting there thinking that um, when it comes to the Browns, the Browns have a good uh, defense and, and they, they definitely do. Um, but against the run, they're not absolutely out of this world they're the, the, the 10th uh defense 10th worst defense against the run uh to running backs uh they've given up nearly a thousand yards on the season uh with seven touchdowns in eight games to running backs and they're giving up on average 26.2 points per game to all running backs in that game so um considerable about a yardage from scrimmage being given up around about 160 yards uh a game so definitely worth Starting Singletree, I think he gets more work. I think he's someone who's going to do rather well uh, this week, especially if he's being trusted more and more in situations. Um, Mark Ingram's playing Cincinnati, who are just uh, terrible um, in every <laughs> every capacity. So Cincinnati, the third worst uh, defense to um, uh, to running backs. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so they've given up uh, ten touchdowns to running backs. And a little over, just short of 1,400 yards from scrimmage. So Mark Ingram should uh, have himself a day, as should um, Lamar Jackson on the ground. So expect both those guys to put up yards. Uh, 31.2 points per game have been given up to running backs by the Cincinnati Bengals. So we just mentioned the fact that two of the Colts wide receivers are injured this week. Zach Pascal versus the Dolphins is an absolute must-start. And then Christian Kirk versus the Bucks. Now, I don't want you to talk about Christian Kirk, Murph, because we mentioned him with our guest on Thursday, so we'll save that as a snippet. But Zach Pascal versus the Dolphins. Yeah, so Zach Pascal against the, the Dolphins. So the Dolphins, uh, I mean, the Dolphins have given up a league-high 14 touchdowns to wide receivers this season. Um, doesn't help with the kind of game script that they've had. They've been better in recent weeks. Uh, they're not giving up a ridiculous amount of yards in comparison to other other teams, but yeah, touchdowns are a real problem. They are giving up a, a large number of touchdowns. Like I said, a league high, 14 touchdowns to wide receivers. Uh, so far this season, um, they're giving up around about 166 yards to wide receivers a game. So when you think about it, Zach Pascal and Chester Rogers, <laughs> and they're splitting around about 166 yards. I'll take it E3 yards. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the, realistically, you're looking at uh, Zach Pascal could easily have and somewhere between an 80 to 100 yard game with a, with a score. And all of a sudden, he elevates from 
being a fringe wide receiver to a wide receiver two, potentially that low end wide receiver one this week. So I really like Pascal for situation. I think he gets a slight uh, downgrade if it's Hoyer over Brissett, but not enough to severely risk you not starting him this week. Um, so Miami give up 38.3 points per game to wide receivers. So again, considering there's not a huge amount of depth there in that position, you can easily see a route to Zach Pascal getting 20, 20 fantasy, uh, 20 PPR points this week. So yeah, Zach Pascal will not make it into the lockdown article this week. That is for sure. So that was your starts rush nation. Here's your sits. The first one is Kirk Cousins versus the Cowboys. Murph, you're not going to talk about him either because we talk about him on Thursday. Fine. These are all just locks to make sure people come back. <laughs> <laughs> the article will be out by then as well, so you can always read that. <laughs> yeah, you can just charge yourself up for Thursday's pod. And then the next one is Derek Carr versus the Chargers. Yeah, so the LA Chargers have been sneaky on uh, on defense. They're actually the, the sixth best defense against quarterbacks this season. Um, they have given up 13 touchdowns, but they've also got seven takeaways to go with that. Uh, they're averaging 14.8 uh, fantasy points per game to, to quarterbacks, so not uh, not a great amount. They've also had some players injured who are coming back to health. So um, Derek Carr has been pretty decent so far this season, I think it's fair to say. Um, he's definitely had a bit of a revival, um, definitely not been as bad as people have ever claimed him to be. Um, I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago with somebody, but uh, unfortunately for him, this is a really, really tough matchup um so i tell you who could have a sneaky match a good matchup against against the Chargers this week that's hunter renfro with casey hayward watching tyrell williams i think he's had two touchdowns in the last two weeks now yeah so i think he could be if you need a wide receiver hunter renfro is not a bad shout in a in a pickle no absolutely not but i, I just don't really like this matchup and the way they line up um i mean quarterbacks are getting around about 230 yards a game uh, Derek Carr has never been the most prolific, so I can see him uh, getting around about the 200 or 220 mark in terms of yardage. Um, and I just think he might struggle with the uh, interception side, so any interceptions is going to take away from his touchdown rate. Um, I do think Josh Jacobs, though, however, could be uh, more of an ad. I think he's the one that's going to be getting the touchdowns in this offense as opposed to Darren Waller. I'm not saying don't start Darren Waller because I think from volume perspective and catches, he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a few players this week, um, like Tyrell Williams, for example, is a player that you just mentioned. He's not a player I'd be overly keen to, to start unless I needed to. Mm-hmm. So running backs, we want to sit this week, Murph, Joe Mixon versus the Ravens and anybody who has a Dolphins jersey on that is classed as a running back versus the Colts. Yeah. So it's, we'll start with the, with the Ravens. So uh, actually, both these these defenses are pretty close together in the rankings uh, against running backs. So first of all, it, it, the fact is now the 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 Dolphins running backs you started with Kenyon Drake and then uh, Caleb Elijah, sort of the one two were how they were at the start of the season. Mark Walton came in, he got some work and started to push up, and you have Miles Gaskin as your four. Um, Mark Walton is now out for the next four games, and after he pretty much won the job, which tells you there's not a lot of confidence in Galen <laughs> Bellage, even though they were shoving him down as basically the goal line back. Uh, Kenny Drake has been moved to Arizona. So you've got Kalen Bellage and Miles Gaskin. First of all, that doesn't fill me with any form of confidence that they're going to do anything worthwhile. And then you look at a Colts defense that have only given up five uh, touchdowns to 
wide, uh, to running backs this season, but only three of them have been on the ground. And since neither of those backs have really displayed in the NFL some serious catching ability, I'm not really worried that they're going to get in through the air. So you're looking at less than half a touchdown a game they're giving up and just 615 um, yards on the ground in eight games. So quite a stingy uh, defense in uh, Indianapolis. Um, Baltimore, on the other hand, can be run on. Um, so actually, they're giving up quite a few um, goal line touchdowns. They've actually given up a touchdown a game, uh, eight touchdowns in eight games, but they are only giving up 571 yards uh, on the ground. So when it comes to this week and it comes to looking at Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, first of all, isn't getting the volume in that in that offense at all. And he's not getting the goal line carries because they're not getting to the goal, goal line. line. <laughs> and you've got a rookie quarterback in there. So he, Joe Mixon in this game, he's not getting any volume in the air either. Um, he's only catching sort of around about two passes a game uh, on current trend. So I just don't like Joe Mixon in most games. But sometimes you play him just for name and, and what he potentially can do. But against uh, Baltimore in this game, this is a game I seriously think that Baltimore could restrict them to under 10 points. Yeah, fire up your Ravens DSTs. And then finally at wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster versus the Rams, Murph. You can talk about him. And DK Metcalf versus the 49ers. We do talk about him on Thursday, but if you want to talk about him now, go ahead. Yeah, okay. So let's take uh, Juju first. So Juju against the Rams. I mean, first of all, the, the Rams aren't... Uh, stellar defense. They've not been bad. They've not been. They've not been great. They're kind of middle of the pack. Seventeenth uh, against wide receivers uh, this year. Thirty five point five fantasy points per game. They are giving up less than a touchdown a game though. So only six in eight games. Um, One thousand three hundred seventy seven yards. So it's around about one hundred and seventy yards a game they're giving up to wide receivers as a collective. Um, but the the couple of things to think about first of all with Juju. Um, First of all, Juju is going to be playing against... So, Jalen Ramsey will be assigned to him. So, first of all, that's a really tough matchup. That <laughs> might sneak into your lockdown column this week. And second of all, uh, Mason Rudolph has got an average depth of target of about five, uh, five... He's five yards per attempt thrown. His depth of target is around about the same number. I think it's around about 5.2. Um, so, if the ball's going in the air, it's not going in the air a lot. And when it does go, it's not getting a lot of yardage. And then he's got to deal with Jalen Ramsey. This is a lot of recipes for disaster there. And to throw one more at you, Jalen Ramsey, um, Jalen Samuel, sorry, got, I think, 14 catches on Sunday. That's because Mason Rudolph doesn't throw, throw the that football far. that far. Shall I tell you what makes this a recipe for the disaster for Juju is the fact that Jalen Ramsey is unequivocally the best press cornerback in the league. And you match that with the fact that he's not going to be giving Juju room to run because he knows Mason Rudolph isn't going to be throwing it far so he's not going to be stood off his man he's going to be in Juju's face the whole game which makes it even tougher for Juju to run you know like comebacks curls and that sort of thing so yeah not a massive fan of Juju this week and then Metcalf Murph yeah so Metcalf um, Metcalf is playing the 49ers the 49ers D has been uh, exceptional this year so the 49ers defense uh, has given up seven touchdowns to wide receivers this year in eight games. They are giving up uh, 128 yards a, a game, which is actually a league low um, to wide receivers at 27.4 fantasy points per game for the collective. So um, there's a few things going against uh, DK Metcalf here. First of all, I think the volume is going to go towards 
uh, Tyler Lockett. Second, I think game script. Um, the 49ers are very good at controlling the ball. Uh, they're very good at time of possession, managing the clock. So I think that to try and keep the possession going, I think Chris Carson could have himself a, a game. Potentially, he's definitely going to get the volume to do so. Um, then you've got Josh Gordon coming in, and he's a shiny new toy to how they try and work him into the offense. Um, so I think there's just a lot of things going on, and all of it for me, and we talk about this on Thursday show, just spells a little bit of a disaster potentially for, for DK this week. So if you need to start DK, fine. Just be very careful. I don't think his ceiling is very high this week. I just don't really like um, what he's going to be potentially faced with. He's the sort of guy... I can see getting maybe like 40 to 60 yards this week um, with low target volumes. And then he becomes touchdown dependent. And as I've said time and time again, I don't really want to go down the touchdown dependent route unless I absolutely desperate and need to. 100%. Right, Murph, this next segment, does it still have the sponsor? Yeah, it does. I'm going to leave that one to you because I got it wrong last time. <laughs> what, Big Bear Benny's Beard Balm? Boom! There we go. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, Big Bear Benny's Beard Balm is still sponsoring the the segment, so definitely check those guys out on Facebook. Link is in the podcast notes. Uh, but Murph on the Streets is here. Um, whoop, whoop, whoop. So we'll start with, who else would we start with but the, the Black Cat, right? I'm going so, to, yep. Um, before Monday Night Football was suspended due to the presence of a Black Cat on the field, the Giants were winning 9-3, uh, and Dak Prescott had 84 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. After the Black Cat exited and play resumed, Dallas outscored the New York Giants 34 points to 9. Prescott 173 yards, 3 touchdowns, 0 interceptions. Just to let you know that the Black Cat had 3 rushes for 114 yards <laughs> and a touchdown in that <laughs> offense and is fast becoming the GOAT. Oh, Check this out for a start. This caught me by surprise. Dallas Cowboys tight end Blake Jarwin caught his 6th career touchdown on Monday Night Football. Five of his six career touchdowns have come against the Giants. Wow. <laughs> Basically, fire up your Blake Jarwins against the New York Giants. Yeah, but then otherwise, don't ever play him. Yeah. Oh, Blake, what a stat. Uh, love that. Uh, there is no place like home. Correct. For just the third time since 1970, every team playing in their home stadium on Saturday, Sunday of a single week, one in week nine. Those other instances were Week 13, 1983, and Week 7, 1998. We've excluded the Jags' loss to Houston because it was in London, not in the Jags' home stadium. Mm, that feels like a gimme. But that, there's, there's absolute. How has that only happened three times? It's a lot of games. Yeah, but it doesn't seem. It seems like too few to only have. Do you know what I mean? That's why it's in Worth of the Streets. Any given Sunday, baby. Done. So, we mentioned last week uh, three quarterbacks with the same name happening for the third time in NFL uh, Super Bowl era. However, for the first time in the Super Bowl era, all three quarterbacks with the same surname have gone 3-0 and after starting in the same week. Josh, Carl, and Brandon all won. Congratulations to all of you, especially Brandon Allen, for securing your first ever win as an NFL quarterback. Well-deserved young man. Speaking of Carl Allen and finishing the show with Carl Allen, because who else would I finish the show with? Actually, probably a lot of people. <laughs> but we'll, we'll go with Carl Allen, because it's fine. So, uh, Panthers quarterback Carl Allen has uh, found out the hard way last week that regression comes to us all at some point. 
Allen had the second highest passer rating under pressure at 114.7 in the NFL, entering week eight, completing 12 of his 23 passes for 163 yards, three touchdowns and zero INTs. However, he crashed down to earth in week eight against the 49ers, uh, completing just two or seven attempts under pressure for eight yards with an INT with a passer rating of zero. Um, actually, I wasn't going to. I said I was going to finish the podcast there, but I'm not because there's one more doozy. Well, to be fair, you did say anybody else after saying you finish it with him. So, so I'm going to end with the New York Giants and the Miami Dolphins. So both the New York Giants and the Miami Dolphins registered a safety on Sunday's game. It is the first time since the Cardinals versus the Oilers in Week 14, 1994, in which both teams registered a safety. Cardinals won that one, thirty points to twelve. That seems like a stat that should have happened sooner as well. That's why it's in the streets, baby. We go digging. Yeah, digging for gold in the streets. Let me tell you, if there ain't no gold around these places, it's all been taken up. That's it. So yeah, some fun stats in there, courtesy of Next Gen Stats NFL Research. But more uh, importantly, yours truly, and yourself. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mean me. I mean you. Uh, yeah. It's Murph on the streets for a reason, brother. Uh, supposedly, yeah. Let's go with that. What a week, sir. But it's not over. It's only Tuesday. We've still got the Tuesday takeaway to come on the Wednesday. Get yourself together, boys. Come on. No, I'm only joking. Now, is it like Domino's where because the pizza didn't arrive in 30 minutes that the takeaway this time is going to be free? Well, it's always free because we don't charge Rush Nation. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Gotcha. Not yet. We're coming for you, Rush Nation. And we appreciate the love. No, I'm only joking. We will forever be free in your ear holes. Until enough of you sign up to the Patreon and you get your own pod because you pay for it. But until that happens, we're free 24-7, 365. This train never stops. Can't wait to the off-season. Don't have to worry about all my losing teams. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, listen, Rush Nation, we really appreciate the love. Come interact with us on Twitter at 5YardRush. Visit the website 5YardRush.co.uk. What have I missed, Murph? Anything? Uh, don't forget to join our flick chat. We'll add the link to um, show notes. Show notes because that's uh, it's it's got a few people in. Um, we'd like it to be more. We know we play with a lot of people, so come join that. For that is where we're going to direct all start sit questions or uh, waiver ads, trade tops, anything like that. Come join the conversation on there. It's much easier to facilitate on there. Uh, then Twitter. Twitter's cool, but um, sometimes you miss a notification. Sometimes it's just a load of different messages in uh, in the screens, and uh, they could be picked up or missed or, or whatever. So, just want to make sure we're reaching uh, all of you. And Flick Chat is the easiest way to do that. Uh, we have some awesome guests uh, coming in the next few weeks. We're finalising one or two hot. Guy, uh, hot, hot guys, hot guys, hot guys, hot guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, just hot off the press. Um, uh, people that come on the podcast, one of them, uh, particularly excited to come on. He's a real supremo, uh, very important person. Another one is a former guest who we absolutely loved, um, with a very strong New York accent. Um, we are also going to be doing a crossover with another NFL UK podcast, which we're just finalizing. So these are all coming your way. Plus, we're going to bring some old favorites back, bring a flavor of some new guys. 
if there's any type of guests that you're really craving out for that we haven't delivered you from a fantasy football aspect, hit us up. Let's see what we can do. If you tag them in as well, it might make it a little bit easier yeah, to get them. Yeah, let's get the Rush Nation involved. Get involved, Rush Nation. Tag one of your favorite podcasters uh, who you listen to if we've not had them on and tell them to come on our show because if you guys ask for them, they're definitely more likely to come on. Um, so it, there could be a locked on your team host. We've done quite a lot of them already, but it could be a fantasy podcast that we haven't covered or had on. I don't know how many out there. We There's loads out there. there is, Nation. There's an absolute ocean. But get involved. Uh, get involved if it's uh, former players, uh, whoever it is, just uh, tag it in there. But before you say, I wish you come on, why haven't you been on yet? Just check through the 139 podcasts that we have put out. Because you might have missed it. Yeah, we have gone through a lot uh, of guests already. Um, but there is loads more we're looking to bring on. and it's one. So the conversation is always going um, for guests and we will get them on at some point. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right, Rush Nation. That is Murph and I out for the day. This has been an absolute hoot. Don't worry, though. We are back in your ear holes on Thursday. Look out for Ash and Lee tomorrow night. But as always, Rush Nation, until Thursday, don't forget, keep rushing. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 